Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. If you've got your Bibles, turn with me to Romans. Uh, let's go to Galatians first. Galatians chapter 6, or I'll just read it to you. The first thing that I cognizantly remember was sneezing because I'm allergic to hay. The second thing I was cognizant of was the fact that uh, I didn't know why I was on the ground. And the third thing I was cognizant of is that it, whatever had happened would probably be in a sermon. Well, here it is. Because see, what happened was, is I, you know, I've been feeding my horses. Used to, I just put out a bale for them, but they got really fat doing that. So I've been just kind of, you know, they're on the, uh, the Adkins diet, I guess you could say. We're watching their carbs. And so anyway, I had, uh, I'd forked some hay into the wheelbarrow and I'd gone over there and kind of ducked under and went over there and forked the hay out. I've been doing it for six weeks now, something like that. I'm pretty pro at it now. And anyway, I was coming back through. And y'all can see where this is going because there's a hot wire about this high that I had ducked under. I've been ducking under this hot wire for six weeks. Ain't no big deal. I've touched it a couple of times, but it never got me. But this time, I ducked under it in snow. My physics class said that water conducts electricity. And my electric personality, combined with snow, is I ducked under that, and that wire hit me about right here. And when it shocked me, the first thing that happened is it tenses up all of your muscles, just involuntarily. Well, when you're bent over pushing a wheelbarrow, what happens is your legs catapult you out and you fall into the wheelbarrow and turn over. And then all the loose hay gets on your face, you sneeze and have to go in and get a Benadryl. I remember thinking, God, why did you do this to me? God, why, why did you do this to me? But you know, I never once, I never once thanked God for getting me under that wire without getting shocked. It never crossed my mind to go under there and go, God, thank you so much for letting me get under that wire without getting shocked. Glory be to you. Not one time. Twice a day, going under it, back and forth twice a day for six weeks. Not one time did I ever thank God for his blessings and his mercy and his grace. But the one time I get shocked, why is it that we go, why did you do this to me, God? Why did you do this to me? Is everything that happens to us God's will? Is everything that happens to us God's will? Well, there, today we're going to talk about four things. Four things that we need to understand when considering the will of God. Because we've all asked the question, have we not? Something happens and we're like, how does this play into God's will? How could he let this happen? Why did he do this? Tons and tons and tons of questions. And I find it odd 
that a lot of times we don't thank him when things are going right, but in a way we blame him for everything that goes wrong. When something goes wrong, we immediately start questioning God. Not questioning ourselves, not questioning human nature, we start to question God. See, the four things that we need to understand and remember when considering the will of God, the first one is that God's will is not to kill, but to save. I mean, why are we blaming him for every bad thing that happens? Now, does he have the power? Yes. Yes, he has the power. But that is not his will for anybody to be hurt. It is not his will you know, for somebody to die. As a matter of fact, in, in, in Let's see, let's do 2 Peter 3.9. I said Galatians, 2 Peter 3.9. It says the Lord isn't, this is a simplified cowboy version. The Lord isn't slow bucking his promises to us. He is being patient with all of us so that all who can be will be saved. He wants everyone to turn from their sins and ride for him. Let me read it one more time. The Lord isn't slow bucking his promises to us. He is being patient with all of us so that all who can be will be saved. He wants everyone to turn from their sins and ride for him. See, God is patient with us. God is patient, man. If he wanted to do bad things to us, he wouldn't be patient with that. And sometimes I really wonder why God didn't say, you know what? That grand experiment of giving y'all free will and let y'all do whatever you want to, bad idea. You're all gone. I wonder that sometimes with all the tragedy and heartbreak and division. and I mean, even within the church, and the church is supposed to be the body of Christ and we can't get along. But God is patient with us because he wants us to be saved. You know, your Bible will say something along the lines of, it is God's will that none shall perish, but all will be saved. Obviously, he doesn't want to kill us if he's being patient with us. He wants us to turn from sin. He wants us to turn from sin. Man, I'm sure you're the same way. I'm sure you're the same way because this is the way I am. Isn't it crazy how we do things that we know we're not supposed to do, and we know that the end result of it is not going to be good, but we do the stinking thing anyway, instead of doing it God's way. We know not to do that. Well, see, God wants us to turn from our sin. He wants us to turn away from what we think we want to what God knows we need. But it's not just turning away from sin. He wants us to ride for him. He wants us to be his children. And what does it mean to ride for him? Ride for the brand, whatever you want to say, follow him. It means that we're going to go where he says go, do what he says do, be who he says to be, and say, who, say what he tells us to say. It's not that difficult. Well, I guess it can be difficult. But God wants us to, to follow him. He wants us to turn from sin. He's being patient with us. He, his, God's will is not that any shall be destroyed, but that all shall be saved. That's what he wants. Well, if that's what God wants, here's a question. What are you waiting on? What are you waiting on? Because you know what you should be doing, right? You know what you should be doing, 
Why are you not doing that? Why are you not doing it? It's a good question to ask yourself. What are you waiting on? The second thing that we need to remember when considering the will of God, don't confuse God's will with the consequences of sin. Don't confuse God's will with the consequences of sin. In Galatians 6, 7, in the Simplified Cowboy Version, it says, don't be a darn fool. You can't pull the wool over God's eyes. He knows if you really tried or you were just faking it. All of us will get out of it what we put into it. To quote the great philosopher and theologian Forrest Gump, stupid is as stupid does, right? Stupid is as stupid does. I mean, it was nobody's fault but my own. I know not to walk under a hot wire. Did it anyway, didn't I? I mean, we, we do stupid stuff all the time, and we know the ramifications. And the bad part of sin is that you can go under that hot wire for six weeks before it gets you, and you become comfortable with it. And then it bites you. Sin does the exact same thing. Sin does the exact same thing. It's not going to hurt you today. It may not hurt you tomorrow. It may not hurt you next week, but it will demand payment at some day. And then we wonder, how, why did God let this happen? He didn't. He wanted us to turn away from sin before and start riding from him, and we didn't. You know, there was a video that I saw. Some people send me all sorts of stuff on social media. And there was this video of, it might have been like Mardi Gras or something, just big party in the street. And there's this drunk guy, and there was a, a, a cop on a horse. And he's like, he's looking at his butt. He's like, watch this. He goes over there, and he smacks that horse on the butt, and that horse double barrels him, just whack. Loved it. It's the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. God didn't have no part in that. I think he probably laughed. I, I'm pretty sure. If he didn't laugh, he probably smirked and like, well, you, you get out of it what you put into it, buddy. You know, we, we all do things we know we shouldn't do. We all do things we know we shouldn't do and then wonder why it's happening to us. I've got another question for you. Are you suffering, if you're suffering, are you suffering for righteousness' sake or stupid's sake? Because, I mean, Jesus said that we will suffer. But that doesn't mean that we're, gonna, that, that we're doing something right by suffering for sin because Jesus died on the cross to free us from sin, from the penalty of sin. But yet, are you suffering because you were following God? Are you suffering because you aren't? Because you aren't. Four things you need to remember when considering the will of God. God's will is not to kill, but to save. And don't confuse God's will with the consequences of sin. The third thing that we need to remember is that we have free will. We have free will. Romans 7.21 in the Simplified Cowboy Version says, Unfortunately, I have found this true of my life. Let's see how many of y'all this fits. Unfortunately, I have found this true of my life. When I want to do what is right, 
I inevitably do what is wrong. And aren't we all guilty of that? Even Paul was. I mean, the greatest you know, missionary ever besides Jesus, the guy responsible for taking the good news to the Gentiles all over the, Greece and Asia and Judea and Israel and blah, blah, blah. He says, unfortunately, I found this true of my life. When I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. See, for better or worse, for better or worse, you have a choice. That's what free will means, a choice. Now, why did God give us free will? Because wouldn't it have been easier on him and us if he'd have just said, look, you're going to worship me and you're not going to have a choice, right? But what could the God of the universe that created everything, that created you and me and knows how, how many hairs are on your head? You want to guess how many hairs are on my head? <laughs> what would he want? I mean, what's it like to be God? To have creation at the snap of your fingers. If you wanted a Dr. Pepper, you could just, boom. There's your Route 44 with vanilla in it. That's a hint, y'all. What would God want? What could you give somebody that can literally have anything? Here's what God wants. He wants you to choose to love him of your own free will. Not because he's made you, but that you recognize his love and you return it. He gives us free will. We can use that free will for good or evil, for better or for worse. See, bad things happen. Not because God wills it, but because of free will. Listen, the horrible, horrible fact of the matter is some people use that free will to kill people, to blow things up, to hurt children. But it's that same free will that God allows those things to happen is the same free will that that soldier uses when he jumps on a grenade in order to save his friends. You can't say, God, why would you allow that to happen? Because if he takes away that free will, he's got to take away the other free will. That free will is one of the, besides Jesus Christ, it is the greatest gift that he ever gave us. Is the ability to choose for good or for evil, for better or for worse. See, we live in a fallen world. Listen, guys. This world that we live in right now, it is not heaven. This is not the place where there is no more pain, no more suffering. This is not the place where there are no more tears, no more fears. This is not the place of everlasting joy where everybody gets along, where everybody loves each other with the love of God. This is not that place. We live in a fallen world. This is not heaven. While we are here, bad things happen to good people, and good people can do great things.
Here's another question for you. How many times do you want to do what is right, but inevitably do what is wrong? How many times? How many times do you want to do what is right, but inevitably you do the opposite? It's a good question to ask ourselves. The fourth thing, we've already talked about God's will is not to kill, but to save. Okay? So, you know, one of the one of the things that I hate the most is when somebody passes away and somebody says, uh, well, I guess God needed them. No, he doesn't. God doesn't need anything. He wants us to love him, but God doesn't take people from us. Now, God did welcome them home if they were a believer. But don't ever think that God looked down and said, you know what? I'm, I'm going to take you from the people that you love. God doesn't do that. He welcomes them home, but he doesn't kill people. God's will is not to kill, but to save. Don't confuse God's will with the consequences of sin. Understand that we all have free will, for better or worse. And the last one. We can't possibly know the mind of God, but we do know that he is good. Think about that. We can't possibly know the mind of God, but we do know that he is good. He spoke into existence all of creation, all of our cells, all the planets, all of the galaxies, all of the universes. He knew just how far to put the earth from the sun so that we didn't freeze to death or burn up. He tilted it in just the right angle so that there would be seasons of, of growth and seasons of renewal and a season of whatever winter is for. I'm not sure, but it's there. I'm not questioning God, but kill the mosquitoes. Maybe that's it. That's it. Very good. Very good, Mitch. Warms my heart. He's been paying attention. But think about it. We, we can't know the mind of God. How many of us have tried? Have you ever, seriously, have you ever sat around and like tried to think like why we're here and you start thinking like so deep you start going, ugh. Have you ever done that? Don't do it. I, I, I advise against it. I advise against it. Don't try to understand that stuff. Anybody ever read Job? I hate English. Why is it Job? It should be Job. Right? Everybody, anybody ever read Job? In Job 38, 4 and 5, Job has been, you know, his family's died and Satan killed him and yeah, God allowed it. But anyway, Job is questioning God. How could you do this? How could you let this happen? Kind of what we're talking about, right? And God kind of goes on a monologue. And I'm not going to read all of it because it's like three chapters long. But God asked Job, like, in a nutshell, he's like, who are you to question me? And in Job 38, 4 and 5, God says this. Where were you when I laid the earth's foundations? Tell me, if you understand. Who marked off its dimensions? Surely you know. Who stretched? a measuring line across it. What is God saying there? He's like, who are you to question me? Who are you to question me? Look, I, I don't know. 
I don't know why God allows some of the stuff that he allows. I don't know why he even made mosquitoes. But I'm sure it was for something diabolical. We don't have... Listen, your job is not to understand God. Okay? Your job is not to understand God, but to trust Him. Your job is not to figure out God, but have faith in Him. Your job is not to judge God's action or inaction, but to rely on His grace and mercy, no matter the circumstance. So what is our job? I just told you, Three things it wasn't your, I just told you three things it wasn't your job. <laughs> I get stuck on the wrong things. Well, Jesus told us what our job is. In John 6, 29, this is what Jesus said. There's only one thing you have to do. In other words, you've only got one job. Believe in the top hand that God has set to save you. Your Bible will say, there is only one work that God requires and to believe in the one that he sent. John 6, 29. That's your job. Your job isn't to understand. Your job is not to figure him out. Your job is not to judge his action or inaction. Your job is not to question him, but to trust him, have faith, and rely on his grace and mercy and love. I've got another question for you. Are you trying to figure out why and what God does or do you just trust him and do what he says to do? It's a good question to ask. This past week, a young lady that has been to save the cowboy, one or two times, I don't remember, her name is Kiana Keller, was bucked off at a feedlot in northeast Colorado where she was life flighted. Uh, several fractures in her skull and a bruised lung or something. She has a bolt in her head right now, um, measuring the cranial pressure and stuff. And uh, they are cautiously, the doctors are, the last update I had, the doctors are uh, cautiously optimistic that, uh, you know, she tried to pull the trach out. So, you know, there's, there's something in there. And we've been praying for Kiana and, and all of her family. You know, her parents listen to us on, I don't know if it's radio or online. But Kiana, God, it was not God's will that Kiana get bucked off and crack her skull. Was it God's will that she got hurt? Absolutely not. It was her free will when she got on. Now it is... It is a tragedy. It is unfortunate. It may affect her the rest of her life. And even though we're praying for God's healing and we trust in that. But was it, was it God that said, you know what, I want to get her bucked off. So, oh, absolutely not. It's just something that happens sometimes. Did God abandon her? And that this is the reason that this happened? Absolutely not. You know, God was right there with her. Even when she got bucked off. God ain't never left her side, and he's not going to. Because he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. You know, sometimes bad, awful, and even tragic things happen to good people. Do not confuse God allowing something to happen 
with God causing it to happen. Does that make sense? Don't confuse with God allowing something to happen. Don't confuse that with God causing it to happen. But remember, God works for the good in all things for those that believe in Christ Jesus. God doesn't cause bad things to happen, but he can use them for his glory when they do. He can use them for his glory. He doesn't cause them, but he can definitely, definitely, definitely use them for those that believe in Christ Jesus. What are you waiting on? Are you suffering for righteousness, righteousnesses, for being good? Are you suffering for being good or being dumb? How many times do you want to do what is right, but inevitably do what is wrong? Are you trying to figure out God or trust in Him and just do what He says to do? What is the will of God? For us to believe in the one that he sent. What are you waiting on? Let's go to God in prayer. Father, we lift Kiana up into your merciful hands and ask God that you heal her, comfort her, protect her, and guide her. We pray along with the family that has lifted her up to you so many times this past week. But not just her, God. We lift all of those up that believe in you. Strengthen them hold them, and save them, just like you said you'd do. And it's in Jesus' name I pray, amen.